So, yeah. What we're about to drink, we got from the Red Cypress Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. We went there because it was the midterms, as everybody knows. It's been dominating the news cycle. So guess what you're going to hear? Nothing about that. Yeah. We're not going to talk no, politics. Not, not even a little bit. <clears throat> not, even, not even a little bit. <clears throat> but we did go um, because they were giving out free 10 ounces if you voted. Yeah. And me and Obesius, we did our American duty, mm-hmm. our civil rights duty, duty, our duty. call of duty, duty. <laughs> duty. <laughs> and we voted. And yeah. so we got our little stickers. We went in there. We 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 drank. We danced the night away. And what we came home with was the Kissing Cousins. It's a triple IPA. A triple. 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 What did they what did he say the ABV was on this? I think it's a 9.5%. Yeah, so guess where we're going. <laughs> Titty Town, USA. But before we get there, we have to crack these babies open and taste them. My name is Marco Dupa. That is Adam Obesius Rodriguez. What up, Brewskies? Let's have a good time tonight. This is the One Bear Podcast. Oh, yeah. Lost to be found Find someone to save you when you're down Yes, I'm bored When it's bright out So bored When it's bright out 4 to 5 a.m. Takes me to a place where I fit in Oh, boy. Whoa. I was not expecting that. Whoa. 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 What does that taste like? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm scared. What is that? It's like a candy. I don't know what to make of this taste. <laughs> what, what do I do with this? Put it in your mouth. Mm. Yeah. Lord of mercy. Yeah. Oh, man. It's been a week so far, man. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a fucking week, dude. Yeah. It's only halfway done. I know. Fucking uh, hump day. Mm-hmm. If people don't know, we record on Wednesdays. Uh, yeah. And now you know. <laughs> that's a little behind. That's a little. Uh, um, uh, inside baseball. Inside. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. How'd you know where I, that's where I was going with it? We've been doing this together for a while. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, a lot of shit's been going down. Yeah. Um, more, more, more than I even want to discuss. I mean, uh, depending on which side of the ball you're on, uh, it could be, you know, you could be celebrating or you could be uh, pretty depressed right now. Well, you know, I feel like as far as the politics go right now, either way, either way you, you side, it's been pretty tumultuous. Because there were there were wins on both sides and losses on both sides, so yeah. I feel like kind of everybody's not everybody's in the same boat, obviously, because you know things shook shook out a little uh, poorly for one side. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like nobody really wants to talk about politics right now, but that's all we're hearing. Yeah. So we sometimes touch on politics, but I don't feel like now is the right time. Eh, fuck that. Yeah. We got, we got better things to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like bad movies. Yeah, and and, and <clears throat> bad video games. Yeah, we we got other stuff to complain about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like 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 fuck you, Rami Malek, right? <laughs> yeah, because don't, don't say that. No, no, I don't mean that. Right, no. I'm we're actually big fans of him. Absolutely. Yeah. But that, but the movie Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, getting getting torn apart by critics, mm-hmm. and yet, uh, box office smash so far. Yeah, and it's uh, you know all things considered, it's got a sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which just makes it technically fresh. fresh. Yeah, yeah, that's that seems to be the trend happening right uh, right now with movies 
like movies getting thrashed by the critics and still doing pretty well. Yeah. Oh, it happened to Venom. Yeah. We talked about Venom that. Venom did really, Venom. really, Venom. 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 did really well. Yeah. Despite um, it having like a 30 something. Yeah. Oh, it got creamed in worse than Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I like the fact that people, people are just like, fuck it. I still want to see Independent thinkers, man. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's good. That's, that's good to see. Cause yeah. like. There's been, you know, countless movies that are either maybe they're not like technically the best movie ever, mm-hmm. but they're still pretty good and people should go see them. Yeah, I mean, I hell, even some movies that don't get panned by critics still aren't seen enough. Yeah. We were just talking about Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yes. You know, like that movie, you know, was reviewed pretty highly. Yeah. Nobody saw it. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it I'm sure it's even worse for movies that get middling to lower reviews, too. Yeah. And you know, last time I'm going to I'm going to wrap it back around to politics, but people going out and and spending this kind of money on on movies, fantasy movies. Right. Probably indicative of the, the times. Yeah. yeah. Dumb people, fun. People just need an escape for a little while. Right. You know, give me a couple hours where I'm not subjected to this stuff. Right. Let me not feel like I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I want. That's all I want. So in that regard, I mean, the Bohemian Rhapsody movie, um, you know, probably fulfills that thing for a lot of people. I actually just talked to somebody today who went and saw it yesterday mm. and said it was pretty good. Yeah. Like I was talking to them and they were like, uh, I, um, he's a, he's a older gentleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sugar daddy keeps me <laughs> um, well fed. Keeps you warm at night. Um, he he's go, he's going with a couple of his uh, retired buddies. Okay, they go see movies every Tuesday. That's you funny. Know. Oviedo has that. Um, oh, our, our mall in Oviedo, Florida, has a, a two dollar or not two dollars. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, okay, is yeah. it nineteen <laughs> fifty? Relax. Um, Tuesday discount movie night. Mm-hmm. It's like six bucks or yeah. seven. It used to be five dollars. Yeah, back in our day, movie night. Back in our day. Yeah. And it was only that for like a year. Yeah, people think it was like this thing that happened for a really long time. But if you if 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 you remember correctly, the real ones know. Yeah, it came back for a while, and everybody was super excited about it. Yeah, and then one day it was like it's only and now it'll be six dollars, mm-hmm. and we were like, that, okay, not cool, but you know, <laughs> sure. not a big deal. Right. And then the next year it jumped up to seven fifty. I think right. they put it back down to six dollars. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they go and see movies every Tuesday. And uh, the day before, we were talking about it, and he was like, I don't want to go see that fucking movie, man. <laughs> was he not a Queen fan? Like, what's no, the deal? No, I mean, his, 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 his problem with it was it, it looked corny to him. Yeah. And he had already watched a documentary on Queen. Okay. And so he was like, I'm not going to learn anything. Right, So, like, yeah. I don't give a shit. But he went and saw it anyway, mm-hmm. and he said it was good. Hmm. He said it was good. So, you know. Whatever we have to go, we we have to go and see it. I mean, I think yeah. we owe it to ourselves and owe it to the audience. Yeah. to go see a movie like that because I'm slightly interested. Me in too. It. Me too. It's one of those I'm I'm right on the fence about. Like yeah. I'd, I'd like to see it. I you know I just told you before the show that I'm kind of um, morbidly curious about it. Yeah. Um, I I'm a fan of Rami Malek, as we said. Mm-hmm. I'm getting. Oh, I'm almost at the end of season three of uh, Mr. Robot now. I'm finally yeah. catching up with that, and I mean. Obviously, blockbuster performance there. Mm-hmm. So that's gotten me more, you know, pumped to see him in something else. Right. Um, and then also, you know, I'm a I'm a Queen fan. Yeah. I like their music. So. Yeah. Uh, but we wouldn't have brought this up if it wasn't for the controversy surrounding it. Right. And it's not just the bad reviews; it's the inexplicable choices that are apparently made in the film mm-hmm. now. Spoilers incoming for <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. If you don't know the story and, of Queen. And yes, exa- if you don't know the story of Queen, here comes some spoilers. I think if you're going to go see Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, no, I shouldn't you don't say know. that. Yeah, you don't yeah. know. There are, you know, lots of people of our generation or younger may not have had that you know, influence in their life when they were younger yeah. to expose them to Queen. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, if you were if you were going to see... Bohemian Rhapsody for a history lesson, then mm-hmm. spoilers incoming. So, <laughs> also, don't see it for a history lesson, yeah. apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's a spoiler in and of itself. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> a lot of critics have been taking notice 
and and taking the film to task mm-hmm. for its choices two big choices that that um the 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 screenwriters made in basically rewriting history right and so it's it's a very interesting thing that you would take a subject a real life subject and rewrite uh things that we can just look up right you know that's a very it's one thing to like uh like the Abe Lincoln movie for instance okay mm-hmm. um aptly titled Lincoln, Lincoln. um Daniel Day-Lewis's choice to um g- give Lincoln a higher pitch in his uh-huh. voice even though most people like assumed he had like a big booming voice mm-hmm. because he was, you know, six four and he's yeah. the president and eloquent speaker. You just right. assume that he would be four score and seven years ago. Mm-hmm. But by all accounts, he did have a high pitched voice. Right. So he went with the most historically accurate uh-huh. representation of the character. Yeah. But we don't know. Which and it's also it it was never actually recorded. Right. So you have some artistic, you know, license, license to, to make yeah. it what you want it to. There, right. Now, he did try to make it as realistic, air quotes, as he could because mm-hmm. there were descriptions of his voice in yeah. letters and things like that. Right. So that's why he based it off of. But I feel like with something like Queen, you know, most of the people involved in that story are still alive. Pretty much all of them. Yeah. And then on top of that, like... And we have historic, like we have, we have documented, we have, like <laughs> we have documentaries on this. <laughs> right. We can fact check these things. Right, right. So this okay. isn't that far removed from today. So one one of the one of the um, the the liberties that were taken. Uh, which one do I address first? Well, I start with the more minor one. I feel, which is the solo albums. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. In the film, apparently, they they make it seem like, first of all, they they, they don't address any of the other um, band members coming out with solo albums. Right. They make it seem like Freddie Mercury is like seduced or enticed mm-hmm. by his manager to, um, you got to go solo, right. Freddie. You've got to get out of here. You got to. I don't know why that, it became is that McGregor. Yeah, it became, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, get some proper twelve. <laughs> And uh, then he breaks the news to the band, like, hey, I want to do a solo record. And they're all like, fuck you. Uh-huh. In actuality, not only did they not have that reaction, Freddie Mercury wasn't even the first member of the band to have a solo record. Right. The guitar, uh, no, the drummer, mm-hmm. uh, Brian May. Or that's no, the, that's no, the guitarist. no, no, that's the guitarist. Um, is it, it's something Taylor. Right? Mm. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, pull it up. Um. I've got it right here. Right here, mate. Oi. Hold on. I've got it right here. Roger Taylor. Roger Taylor. Roger Taylor came out with not one, but two solo albums mm-hmm. in 1981 and 1984. Right. A full year before Freddie Mercury comes out with his solo record in mm-hmm. 85. Right. So. For, for obviously, for dramatic purposes, that's y- why yes, they did Yes, of course. Yeah. You right. know, because, of course... Freddie Mercury is the shining light of the band, mm-hmm. you know, like he is the star. Yeah. Um. So yeah, when if you were to write a traditional script, if this wasn't based on reality, you would make him that person who is, you know, seduced into making his own solo thing because yeah. somebody's in his ear saying how great he is by himself. Yeah. If this, if this if this was an original IP, right, that creates your conflict mm-hmm. of of your film. He that gives you the an band. easy conflict. Yeah, he's better than the band. Yeah, you don't need it. You don't need those guys. Just do your own thing, yeah. and uh, you know, <clears throat> easy, unoriginal. But it's like, which is one of the main criticisms of this movie, outside of you know any technical things that people may bring up. Yeah, is that it? It is a melodramatic boiling down of the drama that was involved with the band. Yeah, you know, like it, it is a paint by the numbers biopic. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, if, and the the thing about it is, like, with music biopics, for instance, <clears throat> how many of them aren't? Yeah. You know? Well, you know, so one review that I read uh, that kind of gave me pause was that, like a dog, you know, pause, like a mm-hmm. dog, um, was somebody said, you can't make this movie in a post-walk-hard world. Huh. 
Yeah. You know, like uh, where it has been parodied so well, not a lot of people saw walk hard, but if, you know, if you're a fan of the, the biopic genre yeah. uh, of, especially within music, like all the tropes are there. Yeah, you're really missing out if you haven't seen Walk Hard. Yeah, it's it's, it's it, a great comedy. It's a great, especially if you're a music fan, especially yeah. if you're you know uh, know your history on music. It's, it's amazing. It's great. Jack White as Elvis Presley. <laughs> that's Come that's on, right. Man. That's right. And you know, sidebar. I didn't real. I didn't know this, but apparently, like, he's a huge fan of Elvis Presley. Really. And that's why, like, he was cast as him, and that's huh. why he was he was like, and that's why his his. His turn is actually pretty decent. Yeah. I mean, it's comedic, obviously, but like on a level, you're like, that's actually pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Because he was, he's obsessed with Elvis Presley. Uh, In a way that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. 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 Uh, I found that out on a, on, on Malcolm Gladwell's podcast. Oh. Um, uh, uh, Revisionist, revisionist history. There's a whole episode about Elvis Mm -hmm. in which, um, he, Gladwell tries to understand why Elvis, um, can't get through this song mm-hmm. that he that he loves, and uh, he changes some of the lyrics. It's like a uh, um, a Freudian slip, uh-huh. but he keeps changing the lyrics. Okay, every time he performs a song, he mm-hmm. does it, and, but he does it inexplicably. It's not on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's it's so it's really good. <laughs> I hate to like plug another podcast, but it's so good. Yeah, man. it's so yeah. good. Uh, Way better than this one. <laughs> Why don't you just stop this episode stop and, and go, go, listen go listen to, listen to Revisionist to History? It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It is engaging as hell. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> walk hard. Walk, walk hard. hard. You can't. You can't make these biopics in a post walk hard uh, world. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, walk hard nails it just so yeah. well. And uh, yeah. Well, so and, and, and there were a lot of comparisons to um, even. Uh, Ring, uh, not Ring of Fire, Walk the Line. Walk the Line, right? Yeah. In which you know they they say that basically that is a bit of a formulaic film as well, but it's just done better, yeah, and a bit more authentically, um, yeah. You know, based on the performances, based on the the screenwriting, and uh, you know, basically every other element of the film is is done in a more uh, I don't want to say realistic, but just a more authentic way, yeah, um, than this this film does, which is much more of a I think fantasy is too far of a word to use, but you know, uh, apparently it's 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 borderline. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide. I think, <laughs> I think, I think maybe if the point of the movie is to set it in this world because, excuse me, Queen is such a such a a, a melodramatic and theatrical band. And Freddie Mercury kind of embodied that spirit. Yeah. If your point was to make it out of this world, mm-hmm. then that's one thing. But it doesn't yeah. seem like that. It seems like it's yeah. it's it's, it, you it's know, trying, trying to, to yeah uh, yeah toe that line because you know I I don't know if it's exactly apples to apples, but like something like uh, Across the Universe yeah is a fanciful film that takes a lot of cues from the Beatles actual careers right in 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 you know roundabout ways it's not a beatles biopic but you know that's that's a a more fantasy driven thing that's led by a famous band yeah or like uh the bob dylan movie right yeah (sighs) i forgot what that movie's called Uh, yeah that it it started a bunch of different actors as bob dylan right and they're portraying him in like either different stages of his life right yeah or or like different um like embodiments of him, mm-hmm. like the spirit of Bob Dylan, like his certain characters, like John Wesley Harding, like that era of him. Right. It, it's a really good movie. Yeah, I've actually never seen it. I've just heard a lot of good things about yeah, it's, it. It's 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 really good. When um when when um um not Kate Winslet, um, I always get them confused. Kate Winslet and uh, Blanchett. Yeah, Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. She plays Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. like in the most faithful way. She's yeah. the only one. She's the one who like. The rest of them kind of play him, like I said, in like different, uh, like different perspectives, mm-hmm. sort of. She plays him like legit, yeah. And she, I mean, she does amazing. Mm-hmm. She does amazing. Yeah, she's got the hair. It's black and white. I, I think they use her for the uh, the cover 
of yeah, it. Yeah, the, they do. The poster. Yeah. yeah, she's she's incredible in it. Yeah. She does a really good job. Well, there's a, there's another movie coming out, actually, that seems... Like, obviously, it's not out yet, so we don't really know for sure, but it seems like it's more of a... that like fantasy-driven uh, biopic yeah. of... Um, uh, who was it? Uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, the, uh, the, 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 the piano player, the, the English piano player, wore really weird outfits and stuff. Uh, Rocket Man. Oh, oh, uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Elton John. Elton John, that's right. <clears throat> yeah. There's a, there's a movie coming out about Elton John and his yes. life, but it looks to be, you know, really uh, fantasy driven. And less of a realistic take on him, and more of an embodiment of his spirit. Yeah. And you know, if that's what they're going to go for, you got. I feel like you kind of got to lean into that. Yes. Yes. You know? That's the difference. You have to make it. I think you have to make it overt. Yeah. If you're going like to make an artistic that. take on the spirit yeah. of this band or this person. And by all accounts, that is not what. No. This no, movie no. Is. It just looks like it's. It's. It's supposed to be a faithful retelling of the the history right. of the band. It's what it seems like, at least. But yeah. but from all accounts, they've met somewhere in the middle, and it's it's like some parts are true to life, but a lot of times they miss out on a detail and they yeah. they dumb it down to well, make the, it I more mean, of a drama. The whole thing was doomed from the start. When Sasha Baron Cohen left because, you know, because yeah. of creative differences. Right. And the reason he left was, you know, he wanted to make a faithful uh, queen movie. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the band was like, no, no, no. This movie, yep. this is going to be blah, blah, blah. And, and he's like, no, I mean, there's there this there's a rich history here mm-hmm. of like really good stuff that we need to portray. Right. And one, one of the bigger things that uh, had come out from that entire failure of a relationship uh, was that they were dead set on it being focused on the band more than yeah. he wanted it to be. Yeah. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen wanted it to be more about Freddie Mercury's story. Yeah. And once Freddie Mercury, uh, spoiler alert, once Freddie Mercury's gone, like that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Like we're not going to talk about the the albums that came out afterwards. You yeah. know, like the, it doesn't matter. That's not the story that he was trying to tell. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where it ends for him. And also, apparently, he's supposed to be much more like overt about his sexuality, yeah, and really get into that. And you know, it was just such a big part of his life. Yeah. Oh, oh you mean the interesting parts of his life, <laughs> right? That they would exactly. <laughs> so, you know, you have to consider too that you're dealing with uh, a band and people that are still around. Yeah. So it's much easier to do this once they've all passed, and you know, it, it's it's up for an artist's interpretation of this stuff. Yeah. But you know, uh, specifically with people who really care about this kind of stuff, like if they're watching an interpretation of their lives, you, you got to understand that they're going to have a feeling about it and want to sign off on that interpretation. Yeah. It would take a lot of strength to be able to sit back and go, I'm good. Go ahead and do it. Tell the story you want to tell. Ask me questions that you need to make your story. I'll tell you the truth of what happened and from my perspective, but you go ahead and tell your story. Yeah. And that's apparently not what happened. Yeah. You know, they seem to be very hands-on, very careful about how the the screenplay was written and the story that was being told, Mm -hmm. which led to a vanilla movie from all accounts. Yeah. I mean, um, the, uh, another movie that comes to mind is, uh, straight out of Compton where, you know, critics loved it. Audiences Mm -hmm. loved it. It is a good movie. Yeah. But, liberties are taken with that film and all of these all of the members of of nwa are still alive except for easy e obviously well not obviously but um and and they co-wrote the movie yeah and they had a huge hand in how they were portrayed represented and portrayed in the film they they sculpt their their persona i mean fucking ice cube cast his own son (laughs) right which worked out but i mean yeah no it works i mean yeah the jeans. Yeah. How how does I mean Ice Cube's jeans are as strong as a scowl. <laughs> like it's amazing. Yes. Uh and, and like O'Shea Jackson, yeah, he does really well. It's a good movie. But there's a lot of stuff that that they don't address. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that would paint 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 them in an unflattering light. Right. But but to their credit, that's not the story they were trying to tell. That's not part of the story they're trying true, to tell. True, true, but there there's still some things that they glossed over mm-hmm. that I think is part of the story. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, namely, you know, one big thing that comes to my mind is is Dr. Dre and his domestic mm-hmm. violence charges. Oh, yeah. That you know they just were like, we're not going to yeah, talk about that. Talk about that. Who yeah. wants to? And it's like uh, that's kind of an interesting part of the story, man. Right. Like, how so, was that resolved? <laughs> and so to kind of get back to what you were saying, um, then don't do the fucking movie. Yeah. If if you want to do a biopic about your life or mm-hmm. you, you know something that like it's one thing if you were um uh, involved in sort of like a a a, uh, a a parallel way like like you weren't directly you were the party of you weren't directly involved yeah. in and and somebody's like hey uh you did crack with this guy once and you're like whoa 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 i don't want to <laughs> fucking i don't want right. people to talk about that that's one thing right it's a whole other thing mm-hmm. if you're in the fucking band and you're like well i mean he did want to do a mm-hmm. fucking solo album i mean he wanted it right so yeah, just put it out. Well, yeah, no, and and I think they had to sign off on you know whatever the finished script was. Yeah, so like of they they knew that this is what the deal was. Yeah, and we haven't gotten even to the the biggest controversy of this entire thing that right. they've they've glossed over. And so let's just get into that. Yeah. So um, anybody who's a Queen fan, if you call yourself a Queen fan, you know about the Wembley Right Aid. Right aid. What is right aid? That's a store. <laughs> it's a store. <laughs> live aid. I didn't know they had money like that. <laughs> the li- the right aid sponsored live aid performance. Band aids uh, for everybody. They, the 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 band reunited for this performance, and uh, they tore the fucking non-existent roof mm-hmm. off of this place. It's it's the entire show is available on uh, YouTube. I think and you should watch it. Yeah, for sure. Like you can pause this podcast, go watch and go that watch and that. Yeah, back. it's like it is incredible. Yes, it's one of. The, I mean, I, I might watch some clips from it when we when we get done yeah. with this. And so, it was a it was a it was a performance in support of. AIDS research mm-hmm. and and funding for AIDS, uh, uh, which was you know at epidemic uh, proportions of that time. Yes, this was the eighties. Right, this is like crack and AIDS. Yeah, that's that's it. We, that's all we got. Crack yeah. AIDS and Reagan. So, Breakfast of Champions. They do this performance. It's historic. It's incredible. The way that the movie paints it, apparently, is. Freddie Mercury, who uh, died of AIDS in '87, he, they, they make this the catalyst. They make his AIDS diagnosis the catalyst in reuniting the band and doing this performance. Mm-hmm. The performance was '85, '84, '85, I think. Uh, yeah, somewhere around there. He doesn't find out in real life. Freddie Mercury. By all accounts, didn't find out about his AIDS. He wasn't diagnosed with AIDS until 87. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. The Rite Aid performance was 85. Okay, so the Rite Aid performance was 85. They The movie paints it in a way that he finds out about his AIDS, and he's like, well, this is my last. This is this is it. We've got right. it. We have to do this. Right. We have to do it because it's, of this. It's poetic, yeah. you know? And and in real life, that is not no, how it went. No, absolutely not. And, you know. That's not that's not an insignificant detail, mm-hmm. you know. I, I I can I can let the you know the solo album thing slide. That's yeah. fine. I get that you need to make some drama in the band uh, that that makes some kind of dramatic sense for the movie. But you know, his, specifically his AIDS diagnosis and that event, the the Live Aid show, is such an iconic thing. Yeah, and his diagnosis is such a uh, uh, a remembered tragic event, yeah, and his his eventual death from that is so important to so many people that I like. I I feel like that's something you can't touch. You can't fuck with that. Yeah, and the fact that they did like I like listen. I don't I don't necessarily agree with the the critics that are completely shitting on the movie because of it and calling it like blatantly disrespectful and like one of the worst things they've ever seen and <laughs> blah 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 I, I don't I don't agree with that analysis based just on the factual inaccuracies it's just a movie but at the same time I get it like I understand why they would be that upset because it it yeah it sucks it sucks that they would take that liberty mm. just for the sake of melodrama yeah you know like it, it that is that is kind of disrespectful yeah to a lot of people I'm sure 
You know, a lot of people that were around, a lot of people that saw Freddie Mercury as a hero, that's still due to this day. And, you know, know the true story and know that these... I don't know. I, 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 I think that it just sucks that a generation of people like we were talking about that may not know the true Queen story will see this movie and take it for face value. Right. I think my issue with it is when you when you take artistic license with something that happened in real life the reason that you do it is obviously to make a better film right and so what we were talking about earlier like with with the albums thing the reason that they did that was to create conflict you need conflict in a movie you need conflict you need conflict resolution Mm -hmm. that's i mean that's screenwriting 101 right that's creative writing 101 (laughs) uh and so that makes sense Mm -hmm. and it's a little i mean it's it's dumb because again, it's just something that all I have to do is Google. And then it, if, if I cared enough, I would leave the theater confused. Right. It's like, why would they change that detail? Yeah. I like, I, I just Googled it and that's not what happened in real life. So mm-hmm. now what that does to that entire conflict in the film makes it null and void. Cause it's like, well, that didn't actually happen. So now I'm looking at the film like what's well, load of bullshit. Right. Um, with the AIDS diagnosis, not only does it not only is it disgusting to change the dates around on something like that so flippantly right just for the sake of conflict in your movie yeah but it also uh it also sanitizes the reason that they did the live aid performance mm-hmm. if he did it only because he was diagnosed with aids and he felt inspired to do it because of that, right. that's fine. That's his life. That was his life choice. Yeah. But in real life, by all accounts, he just wanted to do this because mm-hmm. he felt it in his heart that this was a thing to do, that the band, like they all felt this. They right. all felt inspired by this movement, mm-hmm. inspired to help people, not for their own reasons. Right. And, I mean, that, and that's like you're taking away, like they just did this just because, not because like, there was a personal stake. Yeah, there was no yeah. personal stake. They just right. wanted to do it. And yeah, you take uh, I mean, that away, you take the fire out of why they did it. In the the true reason why. Yeah, yeah. I, I think just even really thinking about the the story as a whole, the real life story, is it not a complete like Greek tragedy that they did this incredible performance that will be remembered for all time? Right. Uh, only for. Freddie Mercury to eventually die from that yeah, disease. Exactly. I mean, you it's, know? it's the ultimate irony. Right. If you need conflict, you've got it That's right it. there in the facts. That's Jack. it. It's right. right there. I have the feeling Sasha Baron Cohen's listening to this and being like, "Yes, <laughs> finally, yes." <laughs> That's what I said. That's what I said. <laughs> Damn it! Because it's, it's it's really it's really interesting to 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 make those those artistic choices. And 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 the real story is is good enough. Yeah, yeah. You don't gotta switch that Even around. Better if you ask me. Like, yeah. It just it doesn't. It's more make nuanced. Sense. So, it begs the question. Like, when is it okay to take artistic license with something that is uh, real? Mm-hmm. Is it ever okay to do that? Yeah. How far is too far? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, honestly, I think it's it's all an intent and it's all in uh, a situational uh, basis, really. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said before, like you can make a movie that's complete fantasy as long as the truth of it is is still there. The truth of the character you're portraying, the truth of the the story you're portraying. Yeah. Uh, as long as that's still there, as long as you don't betray that truth, because you know, like. Uh, any fiction isn't technically true, right? But it still speaks to a truth. It speaks to a universal truth. It speaks to a human truth. It speaks to, you know, a real experience that people have lived through that you can you can kind of, um, I don't know, attach your own life to and, and compare your life to and yeah. uh, feel a connection to. So I feel like if you're going to go for that, go for it. D- you know, do a complete fantasy and you know, make it outlandish, make it this, you know, psychedelic trip into some weird fantasy world that's inspired by the the true events of what happened, you know, that embodies 
uh, whatever subject you have. Yeah. But if you're going to try to make something rooted in reality based on facts, you I feel like you owe it to the people who, you know, even if they're not still alive, you owe it to the story. You owe it to the, 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 the truth of that story to tell it right. Yeah. To tell it the right way. And I mean, listen, you can't, you can't capture the full complexity of a human being in a two hour movie. Yeah. There's no way you, these people become characters and caricatures sometimes too. That's just the way it is. Mm. You know, like I'm sure uh, a lot of the villains in, in some of these biopics weren't bad people all the time, yeah. you know, but that's the way that they're remembered in this story in particular, because in this story, they are the bad guy. Yeah. So, you know, it, let's say you're like, I don't know, you're some, asshole record executive in a movie one time of course you're gonna have a problem with that you're gonna say i'm not an asshole like yeah. these guys were fucking up and i was trying to get them straight right that's your perspective that's not the perspective of this movie so as far as getting 100 percent right you're never gonna get 100 percent right somebody's gonna have a problem with the, the telling of the story yeah but as long as you're getting the story right from the perspective that you're supposed to be writing it from i'd say you know you're in good shape uh, but I just feel like this this movie, not having seen it yet, but from the reviews, seems like it's taken unnecessary liberties on the truth in order to make it more digestible and more of an easy an easy watch for people. Yeah, uh, that dumbed it down in a way. I, to to kind of piggyback off of what you what you just said, if the film or if any film is written from the eyes of one of the characters in the film, mm -hmm. you automatically have an unreliable narrator. Right. Right? Of course. And in a work of nonfiction or fiction, if you're if you have an unreliable narrator, now you have I mean it's a trope. And now you have now you can take whatever artistic license you want mm -hmm. because this is seen through this person's eyes. Right. Their so, perspective. So now yeah, so however they saw these things, you know me and you can get into an argument, and I think I'm right, and you think you're right. But if you see it from my eyes, you're the villain. Right. That's fine. Yeah. But if you want to take a third eye view of a story and try to present it as such, yeah, just be a fly on the wall. Then you have to nail it. Right. In my opinion, I am completely against any artistic license being taken in any way, shape, or form in a biopic. Mm -hmm. If you want to just present a story yeah if you just want to if you're telling yourself if you've written or i'm sorry if you've read something about somebody and you're like wow their life they went through so much their life is so interesting mm -hmm. this needs to be seen in a dramatic way yeah that people can understand how like what this person went through to get to where they are or where they were mm -hmm. this needs to be seen yeah fine do it the right way yeah you know do yeah i think i think you just have to be as faithful as possible i yeah. just don't well and I, I think it's important to remember too like yeah sure you're, you're right but also no story no story is completely objective mm. you know like uh, you right you as a, a researcher ha bring your own prejudices to it right you know of course the people that were actually there bring their own prejudices and their own opinions their own views and yeah. all that stuff so there's no way of getting in objective truth. There's no way. Yeah, Everything's dude. painted by experience. Even the viewer brings their own prejudices to the the screen. Yeah. You know. So there's there's everything is painted uh, by a person's experience. And you can get it as close as you can. You, though, yeah. Think. Sure, you can. But at that point, is are you just making a documentary? Yeah. I mean, I I I guess. I mean, even documentaries are are painted and and you know. Uh, um, you know, put in a specific light yeah. so that you receive certain, you know, there's, there's backing music and there's, yeah. you know, slow zooms and, you know, but, they, they paint mean, things you, different ways. But if you're trying to, if you're trying to show people what somebody went through, if you're trying to show somebody's life in film, what do you gain from changing some of the most important milestones just, just to make it more exciting? Yeah, no, I mean, I, like, I don't know. I mean, what are you, what are you telling people? The, for me, that shows either a um, a lack of faith in the story itself, yeah, because you feel like you need to juice it up somehow, um, 
or it, it, it just indicates that the person doesn't really know the the best way to tell the truth yeah. in that story. Look, let's say let's say I went and saw it at, uh, with with having no knowledge of who Queen was, mm-hmm. other than you know a couple of songs. Oh, I like Rami Malek. I like Queen. Whatever, I'll go see it. Yeah, and you are Queen's super fan, right? And I come back to you, and I'm like, can you believe fucking Freddie Mercury fucking going solo on the guys? Like, Actually. And now me and you are arguing over some shit that is easily verifiable. But imagine living in a world where I couldn't just Google that answer. Yeah. Now I have. Now this is the knowledge that I have. Right. Now you can't. You can't put at the beginning of the film a disclaimer like, "Hey, <laughs> we took some liberties." <laughs> right. You know. But at the same time, it's kind of like based on true events. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, we as smart like moviegoers. When you see based on true events, yeah. you automatically go, okay, some liberty is about to be taken. Right. I, I know the ride that I'm about to go on. Right. I mean, even based on a true story is unreliable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just based on right. is that's their way out. That's yeah. their way to say, like, look. Dude, it could have happened. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> we were talking about horror films yeah. uh, a couple episodes ago or maybe last episode. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's based on yeah. true events. But I mean, that couldn't be any further no. from what happened. No. What that means is there was a serial killer one time. Yeah. <laughs> and he had a chainsaw. And he I, like, think, I think they based it off of Ed Gein. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Like, it has nothing to do with chainsaws. Yeah. At all. Well, yeah. It was the, I mean, there was the serial killer who wore people's faces. Right. So, yeah. I guess they took that detail and they yeah. were like, dude. Let's run with this. Yeah. And like, I mean, that's that's a horror film. You know what you're getting into. Like that, it's fantasy. It's going crazy. But if you right. tell me you're doing a biopic, like, what's the difference between a biopic and a biography? Where you're reading the book, you get to chapter eleven, and it's about him going solo. Yeah. And they've rewritten it in a way that creates conflict in your book. I, I feel like there's different, weirdly different standards from those two mediums. I know, and there shouldn't be. Yeah. Be, I mean, people say like, hey, man, it's it's just a fucking movie. But yeah. it's like this is how a lot of people consume most things through entertainment, yeah. through social media. Through- well, I think that's that is also the, the main issue with it. And that the reason they take these liberties, again, is to make the, the story more digestible, to trim down on the story uh-huh. because, you know, they only have two hours to tell it. Yeah. So they streamline it a bit. And I mean, they've they've said that some of the characters in there aren't real people; they're uh, amalgamations of people, just to make the story a bit simpler to digest. Yeah, um, which you know happens, but I think that's why. Well, and that's that's a little thing that that's like that's okay. Yeah, that's one thing that's like that's fine. We don't need to know every you know outlier character mm-hmm. or every outlier human that Freddie yeah. Mercury ever met. Yeah, but I, I think that's that's why that standard's there is because in a book you can get much more verbose. You can right. get every detail correct, <clears throat> but in a movie you only have a certain amount of time unless you want a four-hour movie. Yeah, you know, so they take liberties. Yeah, but it's you know it's again they 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 do it to make it more digestible. But it's like how hard would it have been to just say you know just put a throwaway line in there about. Yeah. You know, if they get they get upset with him, okay, let's 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 rewrite the scene. He walks in, he's like, I'm gonna make uh what was it what was the fucking album called? Uh fucking I don't know, the Magic Man or whatever <laughs> the fuck you call The Magic album. Man. Uh hold on, let me go. Mr. Bad Guy. Mr. Bad Guy. That's his uh mates, I'm gonna make Mr. Bad Guy. Uh huh. I don't know why it's like um, it's Conor McGregor. Yeah, it's, it's, I want, uh, it's not Conor McGregor. It's co- definitely it's, your it's Conor con- McGregor voice. So he's going to make Mr. Bad Guy, right? I'm going right. to make Mr. Bad Guy. How, how do you guys feel about that? Mm-hmm. All right, let's let's just do it. I'm I'm Freddie Mercury. Okay. You're uh, you're you're Roger Brian, Taylor. Bri- no, you're Brian May. Okay. Because he's the one who gets upset, right? Okay. He's like okay. his main adversary. Okay. Uh, all right. So the studio came to me and they want me to make a movie. I mean, they they, they want to make they want me to make a solo album. They want me to go solo in the year twenty eighteen. <laughs> they said they said I've got I've got an opportunity to make my own album. What do you guys think? 
That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> what, it's bu- what? Fucking Roger already made two of them. Oh, you're right. Boom. Throwaway line. Yaka daka 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 Top hats, and we just stroll off. <laughs> Easy. Right. Throwaway line. Boom. Right. How hard is that? Yeah. It's easy. He could, you could even paint it in a way that Brian May's still angry about it. Yeah. And he's like, it's not the same thing. You know, it's not the same thing. You're already the lead singer. Exactly. Boom. He, he went solo because he's just the drummer. Now, now you've still got conflict. Right. But it's but more true to life. But you haven't messed up the, the, the facts. Right. right. Like the things that actually happen. Canon, man. Yeah. Like, we don't know if they argued about it. We don't mm. know the actual conversations that took place. And those are the only times I feel like you can take certain liberties because we don't know. Right. Like these are conversations that happen over years. Yeah. Minutes, days. I am positive it wasn't one conversation. Right. It had to have been multiple times where they had to address. I mean, how many times do we talk about one thing where we're like, hey, remember we got to do that thing? Yeah. Like, how many times do you think one of them was like, can you believe Freddie's fucking going solo? Right. Blah, blah, blah. Like who or or however they talked about it. We right. don't know. Yeah. So that's fine. You take liberty with that. Mm-hmm. But the facts that I can Google, you can't change those. Yeah. You can't change those. Yeah. They're they're the the pillars of this story. The factual pillars of this story. Why even make the movie? Yeah. If you're mm-hmm. gonna change the facts. Well, I guarantee it's made a lot of money. And also, it's it's sold a lot of Queen records recently. So yeah, uh, on they have a they have a um, a, uh, a a a greatest hits out. They, not, it's not really a greatest hits. It's like it's a soundtrack to a movie about a man <laughs> that had multiple albums. So they they made another greatest hits. But yeah, okay. and it's like Bohemian Mastery. Mastery. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Beer, yes. folks. Beer. Yep. Bohemian Rhapsody mastered for 2018. And it's like, okay. okay, fine. What did you do to it? Make it a little more high def? Yeah. What 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 could you actually go back in and change about a song like that? Or just reselling it. Yeah. Repackaging, reselling. It's fine. It's the way it goes. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, we just have to fucking deal with that. It had a $50 million opening weekend. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's going gonna, it's gonna to do numbers. Yeah. It's going to do numbers. And that international box office is probably going to be fucking crazy you'd think yeah so you guys let us know how you feel about it like mm-hmm. i'd like to see i might i might ask around yeah i might ask around see how people feel about yeah. it maybe we can give a little bit of update when we actually see the movie yeah we'll go see it we'll come back we'll see how we feel okay um deal what was the other thing we were gonna talk about uh uh we were going to talk about twitter Twitter. Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson on Twitter. He'd be doing the tweets. He'd be tweeting. And you'd be following the tweets. I've been seeing I don't, I don't follow Ryan Johnson. Tweet. I don't either. I actually saw it on an article. Oh, oh okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so they wrote a whole. It's amazing. Based the on tweets. News cycle, yeah. dude. Yep. What a world, bro. What a world. What a world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, anyway, Ryan Johnson uh, recently. Uh, well, if you don't know Ryan Johnson, he was the director of The Last Jedi, which. You know, obviously, is pretty controversial as, as far as the Star Wars canon goes. Uh, a lot of people hate it. Uh, a lot of people love it, uh, and a few people like me are just kind of perplexed by it. Uh, I I find some of it pretty good, and other parts completely dumb. Um. Anyway, so he recently got in the news because of a tweet. Uh, he'd apparently gotten a lot of flack for his characterization of Luke Skywalker in the movie. So, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie yet, um, but Luke is kind of portrayed as this old curmudgeon and not in this heroic way that I think a lot of fans really wanted to see him in after, you know, him being gone for, you know, since the original trilogy. They wanted to see him come back and as, as this Jedi master and, and be this uh, kind of Obi-Wan to Rey, and he did the opposite of that, and... You know, he's he's basically this this old guy who doesn't want to be bothered. Um, and a lot of people didn't like that characterization of him and, and said that it was kind of a slap in the face to a lot of Star Wars fans who waited all these years to see Luke portrayed on, on the big screen again. And they were they felt really left like let down by that characterization. So um, in response, Ryan Johnson tweets out and I quote, 
Hot take. Luke is in fact 100% consistent with his character. Not the way he's described in marketing blurbs, but his actual based on the words and actions character from the original trilogy. Uh, I'll be at a bar if you need me. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he's he's basically directly speaking to fans who were upset with that characterization and uh, saying that the way that he he dealt with Luke was not just some, you know, like... Um, a Shyamalan style like oh you thought you're getting this guy but oh turns out he's a jerk you know he was actually there was some logic behind it is what I think he's trying to say here right so I don't know what uh, the internet's been pretty divided on this so how do you feel about that I mean the thing about it is again this is not just this is not something that we have to speculate on Mm-hmm. If if all he wants to use as canon is the original trilogy, guess what? We can go back and watch the original trilogy. Yeah. And we can we can decide for ourselves if the last Jedi's Luke is the person that we see in the original trilogy. Right. We have that opportunity. It's not something like, you know, he didn't this isn't a character that he wrote, and we have to speculate on his origins, right? And yeah. his like his or or, or like Ryan Johnson, Johnson's uh, thought process when he was writing the character. Yep. You don't have to speculate on that, yeah, because he's basing his thoughts and feelings about this on the original trilogy, yeah, that we've seen a hundred thousand times. Yes, yeah. and so to that I say. Fuck off, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> like, look, I for one liked the movie more than most people. Okay. I agree with a lot of the criticism that it's received. Mm-hmm. The casino scene could be completely cut out. Yeah. It was, it's unnecessary. It was, uh the, prequel trash. The entire subplot is all of that is unnecessary. It bloats the film. It's unnecessary. Yeah. Um the 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 purple haired lady, I got her name. <laughs> but the fact that she doesn't explain the plan to Poe doesn't make any sense to me. And I like immediately like that wasn't even I didn't even need to see the movie again to understand like what are we doing here? Right. So yes, there's a lot of flaws, but you know on the whole, thought it was decent. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it worse than you know any in the uh, the the prequels? I don't know. I I might I might give episode three the nod over it mm. just slightly yeah just slightly but it's definitely better than one and two for sure yeah um so yeah i mean in that regard uh not great <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'm not saying it's a great film i'm saying i liked it better than like i don't think it's you know just a, a heaping pile of the garbage worst. but female protagonist <laughs> he was so upset why are there so many races in this movie? <laughs> There's Chinese and blacks. Blacks? I don't even know what Oscar Isaac is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, his his, his defend. It's like, look, just I mean, I think that he should just accept the fact that like you tried to go in a different direction and people didn't go along for the ride. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Y- you know, I have a ton of respect for Ryan Johnson, and I like all of the movies that he's done so far. Mm-hmm. You just sometimes like sometimes entertainers, not sometimes, most of the time, if you're a creative person, it's hard to eat a loss. Yeah. When somebody says not great Mm -hmm. and it's like, well, fuck you. But but when everybody's like, you just accept the fact that like (laughs) it's not that good. Yeah. You know, I've I've written songs where I'm like, I thought they were good. Mm hmm. And then either I've I've gone back or I've like listened to them or people are like, "Ah, I wasn't really feeling that one. And at the time I'm like. Fuck you. Whatever, what you know? man. But like, you know, you, you see, you just, you, sometimes you just got to eat a loss. Yeah. And I think that Ryan Johnson is refusing to eat that loss. Yeah. Well, I think it doesn't, in, in that case, it doesn't really help that there are a group of people who believe that this is a great movie. Some people love it. Yeah. I, I've, I've read many a, a comment, many a tweet, even the many a review that have said like, this is one of the best Star Wars movies. I, I loved it. Yeah. That's um, crazy. Yeah. So there's elements that make it there's things that if they would have gone the full Monty with, yeah, you could have yourselves the best 
Star Wars movie ever made. Well, and that's the thing, uh, and this is turning into a, a review for The Last Jedi again. Yeah. But, you know, given a little more time, I still, I still feel the same way I did when I left the theater the first time, which is this was beautifully shot. It had a lot of potential. A lot of these elements that they, they were uh, teasing at were awesome. They mm. could have they could have left with this like incredible conclusion. Yeah. But instead of that, I, I feel like a lot of it was a bait and switch of you didn't see this coming, did you? Yeah. And then I like that, but not when it's hurting the momentum of the film, not when it's hurting the the dramatic arc of a film. Yeah. There's something comforting in the traditional arc, the heroic journey and all that stuff mm-hmm. that this movie completely throws away. Yeah. And that's fine, but it just didn't work for me. Well, it's you can't just you can't just decide how a person is going to be once we've already established who this person is. Mm-hmm. You need proper character development. And yeah. since we haven't seen Luke in 20, 30 years, yeah. You can't just turn around and make him this person. Mm-hmm. You need to develop this. You need to show us how we got here. And him yeah. going into exile is not enough for him to want to murder his own nephew mm-hmm. and you know be this curmudgeon and like it's a different person. Yeah, it's it, a different I mean, guy. It's it's not only that, but the fact that he was just so goofy a lot of the time. Yeah, it was like ugh. just like this corny. But not even that. But like he was he was a coward. They made yeah. him a coward. Yeah. And like that was and that's not the that's that, not that's Luke. not who he turned into, especially. No. Like, you know, we see his progress his entire progression as a character from, you know, episode uh four. Yeah. Uh, up until you know, the uh Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And he becomes a hero. He like he Well not only I mean, not only does he become a hero, but like the whole time he was gung ho to be that person. Yeah. Like he needed to learn. He was whiny at first, and like you right. know, a, a, a kind of an asshole, and like, but that changes over time. Yeah, because he like like I would call him just like a like a like a little like a like a snot nosed punk. Yeah, in the first one. Yeah, like he's just a, a nerf herder. Yeah, yeah, it's just like huh, yeah, you're just a little dweeb. Mm-hmm. But that's the beauty of the first three movies. Right, like there's character development yeah. oh by empire he's all fucked up and then yeah. you see in in return of the jedi he's like he he comes into himself he becomes the the master that he he was kind of destined to be eventually right. so don't tell me that the guy from return of the jedi is the same guy from uh the last jedi like right it's just not it doesn't add up to me no it doesn't add up and that's you know he just he tried to do something crazy with it and he gets points for trying, right? But I res- no, I respect the hell out of him for doing something so different with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, trying to trying to avoid those expectations that we all have on the movie, but at the same time, like a part of me is like, this is a blockbuster movie. Yeah. Give the people what they want, at least a little bit. Just at least a little bit. Throw them a bone, something. And I mean, yeah. And if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna subvert people's expectations at least do it in a way that's logical right and the only reason that we're talking about this is because ryan johnson refuses to eat that loss yeah and he's still in 2018 (laughs) i was right (laughs) exactly it's like dude (laughs) let it go let it go well i'm just really curious to see where they take the movies now with jj up to him yeah jj's back on and you know they they can they can Spin it however they want, but JJ's yeah. back to course correct. I think so. Yeah, I think so. That's what he's back for. Yeah, of course. You know, Disney will never say that. But. No, of course, of course not. But that's why he's back. <sighs> yeah, they got they got a reliable. They got a good movie out of him. Yeah, for episode seven. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it wasn't great. It did everything it needed to though. Exactly. Yeah, he did the job. Right. And if you if you're reading between the lines and you're watching the way that Disney makes moves, mm-hmm. Disney has a clear and defined way that they want to be represented as a company and the way that they want their movies to come across yeah. and the way that they want their characters to come across and they're like, we're not taking <laughs> artistic chances. Yeah. We're here to entertain. Get this indie bullshit money. out of here. Yeah. Don't try to fucking uh don't try to throw people for a loop. No. 
Loop, you say? Uh, a looper? <laughs> ah, good reference, man. Oh, thank you. Good reference. Mm. Yeah, so, you know, if if he stops talking about it, we'll stop talking about it. Yeah, that's fair. Not I, really. I mean, <laughs> we'll I mean, keep the, talking. I mean, We're going to talk about Star Wars, Mark. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the reason that he's probably still talking about it is because some fucking troll was in his won't, Twitter mention. Won't shut up. Yeah. <laughs> like, you fucked it up. And he was probably like, look, man. You know man, what? <laughs> I did what I thought, like, that's the way that I saw the character. Okay? Yeah, and that, that's kind of that's kind of what I'd like to hear from him is, like, what does he mean? I, expand on that a little bit. Like, how how do you see the Luke character? Mm-hmm. You know, like, wh- why? Why? Maybe that's in the behind the scenes, you know, of, of that Blu-ray. Um, but why? why? What brought you to that decision? Because there had to be a logical decision made of, like, let's make Luke like this. Well, I, th- I, think, I think the other issue is making a sequel you know 30 years after the original movie yeah that's a lot of life yeah oh yeah for sure so in essence luke could have become this person. yeah that's enough time to become a completely different human being but we need to see it right we can't just be plopped back into this world and i think knowing a guy yeah and then suddenly. Yeah. But I think they tried to do that with like the flashback scenes of you know him training the jedi yeah, in, you know the kids. Well, they should have done more of them, I guess. It's just, something. But uh, even that, even that, like I understand the the tragedy of that all, but at the same time, it just didn't add up to me no, of him just becoming this, or this, at least this weird or, character, or, or maybe even having him, or maybe even having him, you know, monologue about it. You know, yeah. Just give give him a give him a couple of minutes where he's just like. You know, I used to be this way, and now this, I'm this thing, way. And this thing, all of these things have beaten me down, and you know what? Fuck this world. Now I, I drink out of alien titties. <laughs> right? It's like, even give them that. Yeah. Just enough to explain. Mm-hmm. That's all you gotta do. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be a cool. It would have been a cool story if it's like it's it's the story of a uh, a guy that has tons of potential and just afraid yeah of reaching it you know yeah he's afraid of that he's become comfortable in his you know his ways oh, and but he know, steps up eventually and, to to and that know, could handle business and that could even be a callback to uh empire mm-hmm. where he's supposed to finish his training and he doesn't because his friends are in trouble right but you could also make the case that like he was afraid to just let them die mm-hmm. because he was afraid to fulfill his potential and to right. fulfill his destiny. Yoda told him, like, you can't do anything about that right now. You have to stay here right? because you, you're not strong enough to beat Vader. Mm-hmm. You have to stay here and train. And he was right. He was right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's there's a clear callback right there that they could have made. Yeah. Let's just say you cut out, I don't know, half an hour of I mean, sorry, Benicio, but you're not even in the movie. Take no. him out completely. No. We don't need uh, the 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 chick. Sorry, I mean, <laughs> I'm all for diversity, but we just don't need her as a character. Mm-hmm. If we're if we're rewriting this film to make it make more sense, and to you're talking have, about the uh, the the purple hair captain? No, 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 not her. I'm talking about the the Asian chick. The, the okay, the the, the, the engineer who, oh, who is. What's her name? I keep forgetting her fucking name. She's yeah. fantastic in the movie. Yeah, I think she's great. She brings heart to it. She does. Yeah, but if we're trying to make this movie better and we're trying to make it more logical, right? We don't need her. Okay, we just don't need her. It's not it has nothing to do with like diversity and, yeah, and yeah. trying to get more women in the movie. Like, we just don't need her. Yeah. Also, honestly, we don't even need um Finn really. Either we don't need Finn or Poe. Pick one, but we don't need both of them. Yeah, they're both roguish type, good-looking men in the movie. Like, pick one. We don't need both of them. And and really, it was obviously only added Poe because he was so popular in the first one. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, but that's exactly what happened. He was actually supposed to die in the first film. Right. Right. And he didn't because people love him. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love him. I do too. Man boner. Of course. But. Pick, pick one then. Yeah, it, it was overstuffed and just didn't make, it just didn't make much dramatic sense. Right. Well, what I'm saying is like, you can you can cut all of these elements out, and now you have thirty to forty five minutes to get us up to speed as to why Luke is this right. person. And also, you remember Captain Phasma? <laughs> yeah. Do you? I don't know. What Who? the fuck? Phasma? Why? Phasma, huh? Why did they do that? 
Why they even introduce her as a character? Doesn't matter. She doesn't matter. She's inconsequential. She looks so cool and does absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. A complete waste. And after watching Game of Thrones, because in uh, in episode seven, mm-hmm. I hadn't seen all of Game of Thrones yet. Yeah. But then after watching the whole thing, yeah. and knowing how badass oh, she's great. that yeah. actress actually is, like, come on, bro. Yep. Come on, bro. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Completely wasted what potential. What are you doing? Huh? What are you doing? God, that makes me so upset. Awful, awful. And then Commander Snoke. Yeah. I mean, let's not do this. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> we can spend another two hours uh, on on the, the choices that they made yeah. in that fucking movie. There were definitely choices made. Choices made. Choices were Artistic made. Artistic license taken. With our beloved Luke, among <laughs> with other this Luke characters. Skywalker biopic, and fucking uh, uh, Leia being able to fly and harness the <laughs> in force, space. even though she's never used the force ever in her life. Anyway, what'd you think of this beer? <laughs> uh, I thought it was pretty good. This uh, is uh, the Kissing Cousins from the Red what? Cypress Brewery. Yeah, Triple India Pale Ale. Triple IPA. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um. Yeah, I, it it didn't taste the way I expected it to. I was expecting a very, very hop heavy flavor. Yeah, and what I got instead was very <clears throat> sweet. Yes. Um, very easy on the tongue. Mm-hmm. Just a a baby hint of hops. Baby hint. Um, but yeah, m- much more of like a um, almost like a candy flavor to it. Yeah. Um, which you know, I I liked. I wasn't upset at. Just took a little time to, you know, get used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so, definitely strong. Yeah, definitely strong. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd say overall, I'd give this one a strong, a strong four point five. Ah, <laughs> oh, God. The only downside I'd say about it is that I would like more hops in it. Yeah, as being an IPA, uh, I understand that because it's a triple, it's going to be more sweet. Mm. Um, but I would just like a little bit more of a hoppy kick to it, and I think that'd make it uh, better for me. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it needs to be a little hoppier uh, because the 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 sweetness and how strong it is, mm-hmm. kind of, it definitely threw me for a loop. Wasn't that into it to mm-hmm. start off with? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it 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 just tastes like those. Oh, excuse me. It tastes like those beers that that some breweries make where they're like 11, 12, 13% and you're like this is just a mead now. This yeah. is this is like a a weak oh, wine. Oh, we're drinking wine now. Yeah, it's like yeah. what do you like I don't need that. <laughs> Stop much. it. Jesus, I'll just get a wine. I'll just get a wine. So <clears throat> um I say with all that I'll give it a 4. Okay. 4 out of 6 bottle caps. You gave it a four and a half out of six bottle caps. Correct. This has been the One Darren Podcast. For myself, Marco Dupa. For Adam Obese Rodriguez. Yeah, buddy. Thank you to Red Cypress Brewing Company for providing this beer for us. They, uh, they're, they're, they're a local brewery, mm-hmm. actually right up the street from us. Um, and we're happy to have them in the neighborhood. Uh, we need more local places popping up and, and, and you know injecting themselves into the community. Yes. Um, so thank you guys for uh, providing the beer. Thank you for being a great place for us to chillax, hang out. Oh my God! All right. All right. And we hope to uh, get some more beers in the future. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Like, share, and subscribe on all places where podcasts are listened to. All of your platforms. Drink delicious beer. Smash the like button. And have a beautiful evening. We love you.